Hello and welcome to Two Toms, One Ash, where we talk all things NFL fantasy football. On this episode, find out how we all did in our Week 11 league matchups. Are there any strategies we use coming into the business end of the fantasy season? And let's finish off with a few hero and villain predictions for this upcoming week's fixtures as well. As always, you can reach us on hello at twotoms1ash.com. And thanks to everyone that continues to spread the word amongst your NFL-loving friends. Right, that's enough from just me. On we go. So let's go and let's kick off this week by talking about uh, our matchups and our scores based on last weekend. So... So in third place out of the three of us was me. I only scored a measly 106 points, taking my record to five and six. Uh, Charlie, second, fair, a fair bit better, 124 points, but again, a loss in your game, also five and six. And Scully, 130 points, so your highest score since week seven, and you won your matchup, so taking you to seven and four. Um, so we'll come on to, to, to yours Second of all, since you're playing against me, but Charlie, I start off with yours. So you scored what did I say, 124 points, mm-hmm. um, but in a loss. So I guess difficult matchup. Your opponent scored 184 points, so it'd have been hard pressed to to beat that and get a win this week. But is there anything you could have done any better, or anything you'd have spotted maybe? I'd sort of resign myself to a loss this week. Um, we, I'd got a lot of players on by. Um, Tua, Etn, Walker, and I, I traded that week as well uh, to pick Waddle up um, to to uh, use further down line. Looking into playoffs, uh, I wanted a, a better receiver, so I ended up trading away um, Jamal Williams, who ended up scoring three touchdowns. So uh, big trade away. But I was, I'd sort of written this week off anyway, so I was I was not too disappointed. The thing that did annoy me was that I still managed to put up a decent number, even with the the players that were sort of backups uh, as making up most of the team. I still put up a decent score of 124, um, but there was nothing I could do against uh, against Rich, um, who'd got Pollard, who I'd also traded to him a few weeks ago. Um, but then you look at the the stupid numbers from uh, Tyler Bass as his kicker, um, scoring twenty one points from a kicker. I mean that is yeah. it's a bit of a cheat code, really, and it's scoring stupid numbers like that. I mean he got the Cowboys as well, a big eighteen. So um, those sort of numbers from players like that just just push your your score up to to silly numbers. So not really anything I could have done, but I'd sort of resign myself to a loss this week anyway. Yeah, it's fair enough, and and I guess we'll come on to not only kickers, but I know you traded one or two, like you said, this week as well. So we'll talk about them as well shortly. Um, uh, but but yeah, for so what losing by sixty points? Looking at it, what Diggs scored fourteen? If he'd have had a really good week, maybe they scored twenty five, thirty even, but still wouldn't have made a, a difference for the overall. So. Um, so yeah, and again, talking about the trades and certain strategies and even resigning yourself to a loss, again, we'll come on to all that stuff in the next segment, but um, but understandable and and still 124 points, very respectable for, for even a down week. Is and then coming fifth, on to our... Fifth high score, I was going to say, is that, the, is that the fifth high score this week or something that you got, Tom? And obviously it's a loss, it's another one where 
you're still probably up there with the second highest scorer, but you're you're just scraping a playoff spot at the moment. It's how much is this fantasy about how much you draft, what your team is, and then how much is it about strength of schedule? It's it's a little bit unfair in my opinion. I, a lot of it comes down to luck as to uh, let let's let's be uh, right about it. A lot of it is is down to luck. You can have the best team over the season who score the most points, but if if on that week the team you're playing has got uh, Hurts or Justin Fields or whoever it is who, who has an absolute monster game. There's nothing you can do. You can have a, a really consistent team, but if you've got somebody who puts in a stupid performance like Pollard did this week, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing you can do to beat it. Looking at the points total for for what people have scored over the season, our highest scorer is James, who's currently se- uh, sitting second with seven and four. He scored a hundred at one thousand four hundred ninety six point five points. I'm then second with 1,424.6. And then you go down to Midday, who's winning the league, who's scored 1,257.12. So I've scored 200 points, more, over 200 points more than him. So where, uh, sorry, so where's Midday on the ranking out of the 12 of us as points so, scored? So third least so third, so third least, and he's the first bottom. overall. And so he's first overall. Nine. So tenth, tenth, tenth best scoring. <clears throat> yeah, tenth highest scorer, and he's first overall. And he's and he's top. That's 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 it, isn't it? It's strength of schedule. It's it's luck of who you're playing on on that day. I mean, I'm still bitter. I know we had a bit of a rant the other week, but I'm still bitter about how I lost to him, mm. and how many other people have lost to him in that way this season. It's it's ridiculous. It'll be poetic justice if he gets to the Super Bowl again this year and, and loses like he did to you last year, Tom. Because it was the same story, <laughs> weren't it, last year? Yeah. Maybe that's where that's where they might start getting getting unstuck a little bit. Uh, again, I think especially his points total this week will, will be lost when it's just a one-off game, a bit more of a knockout. How will it work out? And and even though we've talked about it in the past as well, haven't we? Kind of your players on bye weeks or setting up for certain weeks. It, it it really is a look a lot of the time, um, definitely. But, um, but Talking yeah, about his loss, not his. that we're just not that we're just <laughs> midi bashing. He he, uh, he only scored sixty one point six points this week, which is the lowest score that anybody's posted for the whole season. So pretty embarrassing um, from somebody that's supposed to be top of the league. And if you want to text me in the morning, midi, uh, in, in case you're wondering, we all love lemons. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm in Italy this this week, and honestly, the amount of limoncello I've had on your your account is unbelievable. So thank you. <laughs> Bless him. Um, okay, so let, let let's move on to as then, if we have to. So uh, me and Scully, we played this week, and and as we've said, so Scully, so you won, taking you to seven and four. Um, I'll just touch on some of my downfall, although it couldn't have made a big difference. Um, Tyler Boyd, I'd have expected more than six points, but is what it is. Mixon went down fairly early, and then his replacement, P. Ryan, scored three touchdowns. Cole Komet, back to normal, six points, so not his usual, or the last few weeks, typically, what, 15, 20 points. Uh, and then Folk missed a few field goals for me as well. So I decided to leave Swift and Debo both on my bench, which were my highest running back and highest receiver on the roster. But... um. 
But again, another one of those gut feelings rather than what the predictors are predicting. Um, but all in all, I think a few points are left on my bench, but Scully, I think you left a few on your bench as well. So again, I'm not, I can't complain too much and, and a fair loss. But Scully, all in all, looks like, a, again, no one stands out, but just a steady, good, good week for you. Absolutely. I think everyone into a man this week for me, fantastic, great performance. I said to them, my, my motivational speech, my team talk before this weekend was just go out and, and win your individual battles. And if you can't win your individual battles, keep it tight. And every single person did that for me today or this weekend. I mean, my quarterback won his individual battle. My running backs won theirs. My receivers won theirs. My tight end kept it tight within a point. And my flex option again won his. My kicker within a point. And my Ravens defense just smashed it. I mean, Agent Mayfield, what a guy. What when a you look it. back on that, when you've played them and you think, well, of course they were going to score well against the Panthers, but... Yeah. Not that well. I mean, yeah. Mayfield was just, I, I think I was. I must have been wearing my Baker shirt at the time because he was fantastic for my defence. I think from now on, my strategy is going to be whoever Mayfield is playing, I'm going to pick up that defence because he was <laughs> he was my MVP this weekend. So I'd, I'd love to dedicate it to every one of my players that were fantastic. But my game ball this week goes to Baker Mayfield. So <laughs> cheers, cheers, son. Appreciate it. Yeah, what? Well. Well played. Um, tried to get in your head la- during the week last week about Daniel Jones. And uh, yeah, it weren't biting on that one, were you? And it, like, admittedly, it, what, there's a, like, a last minute touchdown that he scored, which gained him the extra six points. But um, but still, outperforming himself, outperforming all the haters as well. So well done, Daniel Jones and the rest of your team. And another big week coming up. So me against Charlie this week coming up. So both five and six. Uh yeah, I think we both what just one game still in the playoffs, but just one game in it at the minute. So not one that either of us can really afford to lose. But um, but yeah, we'll see what happens coming up. With the divisions, I know we were speaking the other week, and we thought, oh, the divisions don't make a difference, and it just goes on the record. It does make a difference if you have a look. If you win your division, you're automatically in the playoffs, and then it goes on on the record yeah, yeah. as well. So. Currently, currently, Tom's third seed, even though his record is quite a bit lower than uh, the, the whole of my division, which is obviously leading the pack at the moment. Yeah, and looking in our division, we're all very similar. So, so yeah, it's it's all very close in ours as what well, and and yours even all the same record seven and four, and there's just that one outlier with with Midi at the top, and then the other three in that division. Are the bottom three overall so so yeah so close call um poor week for two of us um hopefully our tides will turn and and i'll get another win next week hopefully not <laughs> so coming up this friday for us is our trade deadline in our in our league and it is the latest trade deadline that you can select so well aware that anybody else's leagues your trade deadline might have already passed um but let's touch on some strategies first of all so so charlie you had what you had Tua and kyler murray as your quarterbacks and you have all season both scoring really really well um obviously buys are playing a part kyler murray was out last week 
But you traded one of them away last week with the trade deadline coming up this week. So just what are your thoughts behind that and then any other types of strategies coming up before the trade deadline? Yeah, so got rid of Murray. Um, I needed to strengthen at wide receiver. Uh, I've got quite a strong running back core of three um, and I just wanted somebody to supplement digs. So uh, traded to get uh, Waddle, like I said earlier, sort of tanked on this this week, just gone, knowing that I wasn't really giving myself a shout with the fact that so many players were on by. Uh, but now, going forward, the only player, I've, I've only got one player who's got a buy now uh, going forward. So um, going into the run in towards the playoffs, I should be able to put my strongest team out every week. And I obviously can't play. We don't we uh, in our league. We don't have two quarterbacks, so there's no point in stashing both. I may as well have uh, helped myself um, by bolstering somebody else's team with a decent quarterback. Um, as part of the deal, I ended up getting Dak Prescott just to even things out. Who I don't think is a bad pickup, just in case uh, anything happens to Tua. And also, Prescott's got. a a decent run in as well in terms of teams to score uh, teams at quarterback score um well against for the uh, for the final two game weeks so should i make it to that championship uh game it, he's potentially got a decent matchup uh, and could score big for me so yeah it was more to try and strengthen in other areas so that i could have a strong starting lineup if you say uh, rather than having a supporting cast on the bench, um, I'd rather pick up big for that starting lineup and and go all in on that. And if somebody gets injured or takes a knock, then there's, that's it. You just got to you've got to ride with it. But I'm uh, I'm sort of trying to go all in on those uh, those starters at the minute. Yeah, it makes sense, and and I'm pretty sure that I'd agree with you. Um, so the only other quarterback on my roster, so I've got Deshaun Watson. I picked him up early on and then he could just stash him in the reserves so it's not taking up a roster spot. Um, and trying to trade him away last couple of weeks, no one's biting just yet, although I, I do think it'd be a decent addition to someone. Um, but having said that, did any thought cross your mind around... So you've traded, uh, you've traded Kyle Murray to, to Kyle, I think, haven't you? Mm-hmm. You're strengthening someone else's team. And obviously Kyle at the minute is ahead of us. In, in overall and you might meet him in the playoffs. Did that cross your mind at all or are you just thinking, look, there's some good value here. Let's 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 get your team a bit better. Yeah, purely based on that, I think I'd I would back myself uh, by strengthening my team, even if I do potentially give him a better quarterback and potentially taking away from his wide receiving um points and adding to mine when I've already got the uh, number one overall wide receiver in terms of points scored so I've got a very strong wide receiving uh, pairing in Waddle and Diggs um, with Tua supporting and now with Prescott should anything go wrong so yeah it did cross my mind potentially strengthening somebody else but I'm trying to back myself by strengthening my team and thinking well regardless of what anyone else puts out I'll beat you with what I've got yeah fair enough and we'll keep an eye on that and see how that plays out so Scully in a similar vein so not just a trade deadline coming up but 
but what are you? So let's have a recap. So you're seven and four. You are now, you're three games safe ahead of the playoffs. So you can pretty much confirm yourself in the playoffs. Is that, are your strategies changing at all? Are you opting to potentially not, not tank and certainly not intentionally tank, but are you just looking at those playoff rounds week? Um, what is it for us? I think it's week 15, 16, 17. Are you just looking up maybe matchups for your players? If there's anyone you can trade, who have got a couple of bad matchups these next couple of weeks but then good ones for the weeks after that so that you can make sure you're in the playoffs and a good setup. Are you, are you looking at it like that at all? Or, or are you still week to week trying to get, um, try to, try to win every week? So I probably still need one more win just to be fully confident that, that I'll get in. So with the trade deadline this week, I might make to look, um, I might look to make, sorry, a, a trade to, to solidify that, so look at what will benefit me this week, but also keep, whilst obviously keeping my my team my team strong going forward into the playoffs. But I'm I'm content with my team now. I think I've got it to a, to a place where it's um, it's pretty consistent. My lineup's been pretty consistent. All the buys are out of the way. The scoring okay. Um, this again was probably what my second highest score of score of the season. Um, come at the right time as well. So, again, uh, we'll see. I mean, there's always those couple of positions that you can you can look to potentially upgrade if uh, if there's something that comes up. Um, like you said, that flex option. So if there's a a good wide receiver that's available, a good um, tight end that's available, a good running back that's available, that I, I might be able to think. Okay, um, he he might be a little bit better in the in the long run, so so we'll see. Um, but I've got my kicker back this week, so I had to. Myers was on a on a uh, on a buy for for the Seahawks this week, so I obviously had to get somebody else in for him. Uh, I'm content with the Ravens; their defense is good, so I think I'll stick stick with them. Uh, Myers is back, obviously. Joseph going out for me, so I'll look to trade him out and get somebody else in. Um, but yeah. Other than that, not not wholesale changes anyway. No big deadline day transfers or anything like that. Yeah, and Charlie, are you the same? And I know we spoke about it a little bit beforehand as well um, when we weren't recording. But are you looking into the playoffs and are you thinking, look, there's a couple of teams here, especially maybe in the NFC, what Eagles, Cowboys maybe, that, that might end up resting players week 17, 18, so fantasy numbers might be down a little bit. We're still possibly working on potential with the likes of what, like Rashard White. I know there's still talks of Warren ticking over from Harris at Steelers. Or or you just, is that maybe overcomplicating things? You're thinking, look, let's go for your superstars, your studs. AJ Brown's, he's going to play regardless. Like, or, or not kind of get too smart and think, well, he might be rested in the last week or two and uh, and dropping him or trading him out. It's definitely something that I've been taking uh, stock of. Um, Scully sent me a request, a trade request today, I think it was, um, of AJ Brown for uh, Kenny Walker. Something which we talked dis- about all last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd been discussing before before the game last week, um, and 
I'd well, I'd actually asked Scully, and I think he'd rejected it prior to your matchup. Um, and I think from that point, I, I then spent a bit more time looking at it, and I sort of caught, thought, well, could the Eagles start resting people because they're, they're going to be in the playoffs, um, and if you've got people like AJ Brown who are, let's face it, he's, he's unbelievable. So you're going to want your strongest players in, in that. So while I don't think for a minute they're going to rest him for the full game because game time and, and playing uh, is is what gives the players confidence and uh, going into the playoffs, potentially if they're winning and have got a decent lead, who are the people are they going to sit? I would suggest possibly Hurts and Brown are the two for me that they're going to think, let's get these out of the game. We've got this win in the bag. They've got the snaps that they need um, to give them the confidence going forwards. Let's get them off. Let's rest them. Let's make them fresh for next week um, for, for the playoffs. So, yeah, it's definitely something that I've considered because I, I've rejected that trade from Scully based on that um, on that exact point. Mm, yeah, good going. And, and the other angle of that as well, and it probably doesn't concern too many players, but the likes of Cooper Cup that's now injured, he's on IR. I think there are thoughts that he might come back. Um, it might still be available right at the end of the regular season. But if the Rams aren't in the playoffs, they're not risking him. They're not bringing him back. But if, if there's a chance that if they win the last game or they win the last two games, they can sneak into the playoffs, Cooper Cup might come back into the lineup and be a bit more fantasy relevant as well. Um, but one position, no matter how anyone's getting on, how teams are getting on, there's one position that no one's ever resting, and that's the kicker. So let, let's just talk a little bit, a bit about kickers as well from a fantasy point of view. And we talked similarly about defences a few weeks ago and how important a good defence is, or if it's just potluck, um, or if just a good defence in real life equates to a good fantasy defence. But similar to kickers as well. And, and on the back of some brilliant kicking performances, so there were 10 kickers that scored more than 10 points last week, um, headlined by Mayer from the Cowboys scoring 22 points and Bass from the Bills who scored 21 points, which funnily enough, overall on the season, there are 87 points. So Scully, how important is a kicker for you? Or is it a case of just, I don't know, potluck or someone who's a bit more reliable? is a better fantasy kicker. I think someone who's a bit more reliable is a, a good a good kicker for fantasy. I mean, I think I had Tucker last year and he won me a lot of games other than the one that I'm still very, very bitter about, which is the one where Baltimore were down so much by half-time that they decided to go for two on everything and they came back and won, but he never yeah, kicked anything. He got, like, yeah. Yeah, he got one point and it was ridiculous. Um, but no, Justin Tucker won me. I'd say won me because I think they can make the difference. I think those positions, because they're such a, a low scoring thing, other positions you can be really well matched up and you're going to score, I don't know, for your, for your skill position somewhere between 15, 25 points and you're going to be quite well matched up usually in a couple of those positions. But if you've got a really good kicker and a consistent kicker, those extra points that they're going to score, you're going to get you there or thereabouts most weeks. And I think Tucker for me last year won me quite a lot of games just because of how consistent he is, 
and and how 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 good he is in I mean he don't miss does he? Um whereas this year I've got the best kicker um so far this season in, in Myers for uh, for Seattle. Um he's not scored huge numbers but he's been consistent so you can rely on him and I think it's it's we spoke about it the other week where I was talking about I think tight ends um, kickers, defense. If they score you eight to twelve points most weeks, you're you're happy with that most weeks. And I think that's what what Mayers has done. He's had some good weeks. He's had some average weeks, but he's always there or thereabouts. So I think for me, I'd definitely go for that over the kickers that I don't know are gonna just get you a few points each week or might have a have a huge week but then not do do much i think those there's extra points they're gonna sometimes just just take you over over a little bit yeah and, and you can see it with some matchups can't you i think that that yeah they get a good they get a good stadium or it's a windy stadium but they're kicking um with the wind behind them they're kicking a 55 yarder and you get extra points for anything over 50 points but then other games they're inside and then they, they miss it and they miss the extra point so uh so looking at those two, so there's not much difference really between, so Bass and May have both got 87 points. And then between them and the next kicker, there's like a handful of points. The third place and fourth place, again, this is for the season, not many points. But when you go down the list, so I've just picked out someone like Mason Crosby. He's played every game, so not been injured at all. He's only scored 54 points, which again, on a Packers offense, which I know they've not been the typical Packers offense, but they've not been that bad either. You'd think extra points converted, field goals when needed, they'd have done okay. So so again, maybe if you're in that top 10, 20% of kickers that you're getting, then great. But if you're not, you might drop off a little bit. Charlie, again, anything you want to add or you agree with all that? The, I think the big thing is it's not necessarily the kicker themselves that, you, that you, uh, you're picking. It's the factor of the stadium and the team itself. So, yeah, Bass on... Um, against me, scored big this week. He had a huge week this week. Um, but prior to that, he hasn't. he's not scored anywhere near that those points. Um, so he, he got 20, 21 this week against me. Uh, prior to that, he's had a 12, an 11, and another 11. So he's only had three other scores that have been um, double figures. So that offense, a lot of the time, they're scoring touchdowns. The Bills are, are, are a team that don't really miss out. And if they do miss out, it tends to be an interception. So for, for somebody like that, so a, a really good team, he's going to be picking up single points. Whereas I think if you look at the lesser teams, um, Baltimore, Vegas, Seattle, uh, New England. I mean, they're the kickers that are the next, that are, that are third, fourth, fifth, um, and sixth. So the teams that are not necessarily going to be scoring huge points in terms of touchdowns. Maybe I'm doing them a bit of a disservice, but they're, they're not the teams that are up there absolutely dominating. I mean, look at I'm just off the top of my head. Look, think of thinking of Kansas City, uh, a team that go out and score a lot of touchdowns. 
uh, Butker is 29th overall. He's only scored 46 points. So he's getting the extra points. He's not getting the 50-yard field goals. He's not getting five points for a kick. So for me, it's, it's it comes down to the, the actual team they're playing for and their ability to score touchdowns. Um, because if they can't score their touchdowns, they're going to have to score points through the kick. And that's where, that's where you pick your points up for me. Uh, that's why I've got Carlson for, from Vegas, because... Vegas haven't been able to convert as well this year um, and, and have relied on him uh, to kick. So I think that's that's more important for me. But before the season, uh, I actually drafted um, uh, Joseph from Minnesota based on the fact they play indoors. So half of the games, they're playing inside, um, which obviously has makes it a lot easier for kickers. Um, so that was my logic behind it this this year, thinking I'll go for a kicker who plays indoors, um, is going to play more more games than not indoors and uh, has a chance of making those bigger kicks. Uh, it didn't quite work out and Carlson became available on waiver, so I picked him up. Um, but that was a sort of strategy I went for this year. Uh, but I do think it's a bit of a, a potlucker. Um, depends on how the team go. Uh, I've had, I had Joseph. Week. I had Joseph this week, and uh, mm. he scored the only points, the, the only one field goal that they actually scored against Dallas, which yeah. was a bizarre result this week, by the way. And I was going to say about Booker. Ash knows all about Booker missing uh, missing field goals and extra points this season. But, yeah. um, and, and that's how it sometimes goes, doesn't it? That yeah, you, you pick someone up who you think's a good kicker or good defense, maybe, and then. They're just rubbish for you for a week or two, you know. Okay, no thanks, and then drop them, and then and then they're just back to back to average, maybe. That's it. I drafted K Joke. Um, yeah. And after after week one, it looked absolutely justified. What a what a selection that was. I think he scored double double digits. He scored that over fifty yards to to win the game that first week against the Panthers, and um, and then yeah, week two misses misses the clutch field goal against the Jets, it's like, oh, yeah, it, it absolutely is um, is a little bit of potluck. And I've just had a look, actually, because, as I mentioned, Mayers were number one. He's gone into his bye, come out of his bye, and he's now number five. So that's how close it is with, with kickers. Yeah, well, there we go. I guess just showing the kickers a little bit of love and if there is any sort of strategy behind the point scoring or who's going to pick pick up who. Um, but I guess at this point in what week 11 coming into week 12, when you look at the rankings, like you say, kind of where kickers are placed, the points that they scored over the season, you'd like to think that they found the rhythm uh, and you know that they're ready for the, the offence that they're with and if they're, if they're kicking well or not. And can we just give one big shout out to an absolute clutch kicker, Dicker the kicker, who <laughs> could, not stop, could not stop winning games. What a rookie that boy is. Let's round off this episode by picking out uh, a few players who, who we think are going to be heroes this week coming up and, uh, and well, villains if you like. So, Charlie, I'll come to you first and give us a player, give us a receiver who you think is going to score less than five points. For me, it's going to be DJ Moore. Um, the fact that Baker's now back in the team at Carolina, um, whether he will be this week, but 
that he, he has been for the past few weeks. So, I mean, just looking at the figures for uh, DJ Moore. So, week eight, just before Baker came back in, he had 11 targets, six receptions, uh, 152 yards for a touchdown and scored 27.5 fantasy points. So, a huge week for him. The biggest week he's had so far. Uh, the week prior to that, again without Baker, 10 targets, 7 catches, 70, uh, sorry, 69 yards, again, with another touchdown, um, 19 points for him. So two big weeks, and then uh, Baker Mayfield comes back, and he's had 4.4, 6.9, and last week, 5.4. So last week was... Um, an absolute shocking game for him. He only had five targets, um, three catches for 24 yards, which is woeful for a guy of the talent of DJ Moore, who, let's face it, on that Carolina team, who else is there? Um, they've traded everybody else away. Um, I feel a bit sorry for DJ Moore, to be honest. He's, he seems to be uh, the only guy they want to keep hold of, but... He's he's out there slogging it out on his own, poor lad. Um, but just I've just had a quick glance over the season. So um, whilst Baker was playing, so the first few games, so just just looking at the first three, so against the Browns, against the Giants, and against the Saints. So Baker obviously played all three of those games, and in those he was targeted six times in every game. Um, he made three catches in the first, three catches in the second, and only one in the third game. So, although he is the number one target, Baker seems to throw to him, looking at this, on an average of six times a game. So, it's a very small percentage for him to try and make some sort of score out of, and uh this week, especially against that Denver defense that are very good against wide receivers, uh, number two overall, um, I can see him putting up um, a, a woeful score this week if it follows that trend. Yeah, great shout. And looking at what he's projected, what, nearly 12 points that he's projected to get this week, which as I thought is probably about average. I, I, I'm sure that has taken into account who he's playing, who his quarterback is, but that feels about right for a receiver of his calibre, which would be, a, I guess, an OK score. But yeah, scoring less than five points based on everything that you've just said there, um, I can't disagree with that. And yeah, so playing against the Broncos uh, wouldn't surprise me one little bit if Scully, even though you said that you're keeping the Ravens defence, that you pick up the Broncos, seen as Agent Mayfield's um, got them this week. Uh, but coming on to you then, so Scully, uh, who are you picking? So which player are you picking up? or not picking up, should I say, but um, is suggesting that it's going to score less than five points this week. Um, less than five points, I'm going to go Dalvin Cook. I think uh, even though in a shocking performance where they only scored three points this um, this weekend, um, he's still got 7.2, which I think were pretty good <laughs> for their offence this, uh, this week. But that was against the uh, the sixth best defense against the run, which is which is the Cowboys. They're now coming up against New England, which are number one against the run. So um, he's been he's been hit and miss this this season anyway. He's he's either scored quite well, 
I think this could be could be another week where where he doesn't score, and I'm going for his first week to score under under five points this week. And um, I think it could be another another week where Minnesota get get done a little bit tactically by by a Belichick defense, and um, it could be another another loss for them. Um, so yeah, I'm going Dalvin Cook. So they're so they're playing Thursday night then, aren't they? Well, I guess early hours Friday our time. So so yeah, whether that's another factor, short week, whether some players like him uh, split carries more than they would do. So whether Maxson plays a little bit more as well. But I'm sure the Vikings are desperate to play again and redeem themselves from that awful loss. But I can imagine an extra few days would be helpful as well to try and figure it out a little bit better. But, um, but yeah, great shout on Dalvin Cook. Charlie, back over to you. And now let's pick a hero. So a uh, wide receiver that you think is going to score massive this week coming up. Huge points for this meet week for my man, Stefan Diggs. I mentioned earlier on, he's the number one scoring wide receiver in the game as a whole. Um, this week, he's playing the Lions, who... Let's face it, haven't been that bad over the last few weeks, but do still give up big points. And I think against the Bills um, could leak quite a few. And in terms of of, uh, numbers that Stefan Diggs puts up against uh, teams that aren't great against uh, receivers, he's had some huge games this week. So uh, this year, sorry, Tennessee ranked 30 overall against wide receivers. He put up 44 points. So I won't mind another game like that. Um, but the the big thing for me, that the reason I, I picked Diggs, uh, not just wanting to wish it into reality with the fact he's on my team playing against you, but the, uh, the game itself, so against the uh, Browns this last week, um, he was kept very quiet in the first half. Um, well, pretty much the entire of the first half, apart from that final play where he picked up that touchdown. And um, leading up to that, there was quite a bit of um, conversation between Diggs and the coaching staff and Josh Allen about him not being targeted enough. Um, you could see he was clearly very frustrated with his lack of usage and um he then started to get a little bit more involved with the as the game went on and into the second half. Um, I mean, he still didn't he didn't have an amazing game. He only he only had four catches uh, for forty eight yards, although he did have that touchdown uh, late on in the first. So, uh, sort of saving his season. Uh, sorry, saving his game in t- terms of putting up fourteen point eight. But I think with how that played out last week with his frustrations due to lack of target um, paired with the fact that they're playing the uh, Lions I'm, uh, I'm expecting big things from Diggs this week Yeah, it was interesting that that fallout especially, wasn't it? Not something that you would have expected for a team like that as, as together as it, as it seems to be coming out of Buffalo as unselfish as they all seem to be there's a hell of a lot of targets on that offence um, I, I guess guided in the right way they could be on fire, and they, they could they could all score two, three touchdowns over the next few weeks. 
but um, but in the wrong direction, it could all just blow up in the face a little bit. So, so maybe with the reaction of of, of the head coach and putting his arm around Diggs, then maybe it is a case of don't worry about it. You'll get your targets, you'll get your touchdowns. Don't worry about that. So um, so yeah, let's see how Diggs gets on as well. Um, and then let's just finish off then with uh, with a running back who we think is going to score big, and I'm going to go for Jonathan Taylor. That Colts offense and the whole team really, but the Colts offense have really turned things around under Jeff Saturday, which I know an experienced offensive lineman, but not an experienced head coach or, or coach at all for that matter. Um, but Jonathan Taylor's doing incredibly well since he's become head coach. So 24 points the first game and then 16 points against a good Philadelphia run defense as well with those two big new additions at defensive tackle. So Jonathan Taylor predicted 16 points this upcoming week against uh, the Steelers, which again, Steelers are a good run defense, uh, but they're playing what Monday night, early hours, Tuesday, our time. Um, I just think with the way that they're doing whatever he's talking or saying to Jonathan Taylor, if it is a case of just the offensive line, I don't know, but something's changed in there and, and, it, and it looks like they're a whole new team, a whole new unit and, and Jonathan Taylor's back to, what it was like in 2021. He definitely he seems to have turned it round since that head coach uh, change, and he? They seem to be clicking a little bit more with that offensive line, opening up some spaces for him, and, it, and he's getting those runs. Um, as a Steelers fan, I hope he doesn't score big this week because uh, I want us to come away with a win. But um, in terms of fantasy, we've not been great. Well, in terms of just general play, the Steelers haven't been great. So... Uh, not horrendous against the run, but I think with that offensive coach, uh, with the head coach change, I think you, you're right there. I think Jonathan Taylor's the man for him, isn't he? Um, everything goes through him, and if it's not, it, if not, it opens up options for Matt Ryan as well, doesn't it? So I, I think even if it's not working um, initially, I think they keep going to the run to give Matt Ryan. Uh, that that option for passing as well, give him a little bit more time because if if not, if the Steelers can uh, can put everything on down for the run, and they don't have to be thinking in the back of their heads potentially we've we've got the uh, options of a pass, then they'll just absolutely the Steelers will will, will, will uh, grind them down. So he needs to have that option there. Um, but I think with the Steelers not being great against wide receivers, if if Matt Ryan can can make some big plays or at least get his wide receivers involved, it means that the Steelers will be thinking about that and potentially open up some bigger holes for Jonathan Taylor to run through and, and score big this week. And that's that. Hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget the three Thursday Thanksgiving games this week, so make sure that you've got your lineup set before all of those kickoffs. And if anyone else has got their trade deadline coming up as well, let me know what deadline deals you've managed to pull off. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.